Welcome to the Football Bloody Hell podcast, a retro football podcast full of nostalgia, memories and recollections of when football was just a little bit better. This podcast is sponsored by the Football Bloody Hell Shop, the perfect place to get iconic retro posters of all your favorite football legends. Head over to the Football Bloody Hell Shop to find your perfect poster. In this podcast, we bring you day 23 of the 1986 World Cup held in Mexico where we have the final. It's Argentina versus West Germany and it is the final part of the series. We have relived every single day of the 1986 World Cup and brought you a daily podcast. We hope you enjoy this podcast and please do share it with all your retro football loving friends. If you like it, please do leave a review so we can climb the league table. It helps more people like you find us. FIFA World Cup 1986. West Germany meet Argentina in the final. Day 23, the 29th of June 1986. The first qualifying match for Mexico 86 kicked off in Freetown, Sierra Leone when Sierra Leone took on Morocco on the 30th of June 1984. 121 teams entered qualifying for the 13th World Cup. Almost two years to the day, we were down to the last two teams. Argentina and West Germany, you needed to go back 16 years to find a final when one of the countries wasn't involved. Ironically that final was held in the same stadium this one would be. Either West Germany or Argentina had competed in four of the last five finals. Now they were up against each other, at last. Gone were the defending champions, Italy. Gone were the European champions, France. Also missing were the Copa America holders, Uruguay. And of course everyone's favorite second team, Brazil, they were missing too. They were, of course, the winners of the last final which contained neither Argentina or West Germany. The 1986 World Cup Final Estadio Azteca, Mexico City, 114,600 watching in the stands. Argentina 3, Brown 23rd minute, Valdano 56th minute, Burrachaga 84th minute. West Germany 2, Rummenig 74th minute, Voller 81st minute. Two of world football's most recognizable characters were up against each other in this one. From South America, Diego Maradona. Outrageously talented, a quick turn of speed and the most glorious left foot the game had ever seen. From Europe, there was Karl-Heinz Rummenig. The blonde German from Bayern Munich was all strength, determination and the driving force behind the team. As with Maradona, he just seemed to have an innate sense of where the best place on the pitch was for him at any one time. South America held two records they were particularly proud of. It felt like this was Europe's turn to match them. Only Brazil had ever won a World Cup outside of their own continent, when they lifted the 1958 trophy. This year could be the chance for West Germany to match that feat. Only Brazil's Mario Zagallo had won the World Cup as a player and then as a manager. West Germany's Franz Beckenbauer was attempting to become the second. West Germany was setting a record for their fifth appearance in a World Cup final. West Germany considered themselves unlucky not to have featured in the 1970 final at the Azteca when they lost a pulsating semi-final against Italy. Successive extra times against England and Italy eventually took their toll. This time round they'd been through extra time against Mexico in the quarter-finals, but the semis were a much more straightforward task. Add to that, though, they'd come through the group of death with Denmark and Uruguay. Argentina hadn't been through extra time at all in this tournament. That's not to say they hadn't had some tough games. 
Italy, Uruguay, England and Belgium were certainly tough opposition with the latter two ranked in the top eight in the world at the time. The build-up to the game obviously centered around how to stop Maradona. Beckenbauer adopted a sweeper system with Jakobs. This brought Briegel into a more defensive role, but it also gave him license to move forward. There were still concerns over the fitness of the skipper. Rummenig had come into the tournament carrying an injury, yet he'd featured in all their matches at some stage, starting just three. Beckenbauer considered he was so essential to his team's success he had to start him in this one. Bertold was back after missing the semi-final through suspension, so Rolf dropped to the bench. Rolf had been used as a man-marker for Platini in the semi-final. That responsibility passed to Mathaus who had the job of marking Maradona. Argentina were a lot more settled. Carlos Bilardo stuck with the same lineup which saw them beat England and Belgium. Seven of their side had started every match in the tournament, and there was a real sense of them being the more complete team. Excitement pre-match was certainly building. The opening exchanges were fairly cagey. Both teams had early corners and Argentina really should have done better with theirs. Valdano and Batista were free at the far post but neither could get a proper contact on the ball. Maradona was pretty quiet in the opening 15 minutes, being closely marked by Mathaus. Then on 16 minutes West Germany had a free kick in a dangerous position. Hans-Peter Briegel was brought down on the edge of the area, although there appeared to be little contact. A loss played it square to Bremer whose shot was straight at Pumpido. But the referee decided he wanted to give them another go. When Maradona complained, he gave him the yellow card. Nothing came of the second attempt. On 21 minutes, Maradona was fouled wide on the right wing and Mathaus too was booked. Burachaga took it and aimed for the far post. Schumacher made a hash of trying to get to it and Jose Luis Brown headed into the empty net. 1-0. Five minutes later Argentina were awarded another free kick. This time it was just outside the area in a central position. Maradona took it, curled it low round the wall but Schumacher was right behind it to make the save. Argentina was certainly the more ambitious after the goal. Eventually, the Germans mustered an attack. They had a chance when Bertold headed down across from the left. Rummenig stretched to try and convert it but hooked it wide. Soon after Maradona played a 1-2 with Burachaga on the edge of the German area. Burachaga's clever backheel sent Maradona clear of the defense. Schumacher came out and tried to clear it with his feet, but kicked it at Maradona and was lucky it bounced wide of the goal. As the half wore on the Germans were struggling to gain any control of the midfield. As they did with England, Argentina kept the game tight with all the play through the middle. Halftime came with Argentina still leading 1-0. They hadn't really been threatened and West Germany really would have to come up with something different in the second half if they were to get back into this. The change Beckenbauer made at the break was to bring on Rudi Voller for Klaus Alos. Neither of the two German strikers had been that prominent so far but maybe he felt Voller would be more mobile. Three minutes into the second half and Argentina hit the Germans on the break. They had a man advantage too, but Burachaga couldn't make the most of the opportunity. For the first 10 minutes of the half, West Germany had their best spell of the match. But they couldn't really carve out a chance. Then Argentina ripped him open with a lovely move taking the ball from one box to the other, down the middle. Maradona, Burachaga and Valdano were all involved. Valdano was on the left of the area and as Schumacher came out, he calmly slipped it past him with his right foot for the second goal. 2-0. It was a sucker punch. They'd soaked up the pressure the Germans were trying to inflict, then waited for their opportunity and hit them with a telling strike. Was it the killer blow? It looked like it at the time. 
On the hour, Beckenbauer shuffled his pack again bringing on Dieter Hernes for Felix Magath. One 33-year-old for another, Magath had hardly got into the game, but whether Hernes could provide the creativity remained to be seen. Argentina again were the more attacking of the two after the goal. West Germany really couldn't get any grip on the game. Eventually, the Germans began to put some passes together and found some space. But still couldn't get a shot on goal, as Argentina were well organized. On 71 minutes Maradona played Justi in down the right. He played it across the six-yard box and just as Burrachaga was about to finish it, Forster slid in to put it out for a corner. It was still the South Americans who were creating the better chances. Then in the 74th minute, the Germans forced a corner on the left. Bremer took it, Voller headed it on and in the six-yard box was Rummenig. The German captain had been largely anonymous all game, but right when his team needed him he slid the ball in past Pumpido. 2-1. All of a sudden we had a game on our hands. If any team could come back from this, it would be the Germans. The atmosphere in the stadium changed too as the German fans now started to believe. As the game moved into the final 10 minutes the Germans finally had some space to knock the ball around. Argentina sat deeper and cleared anything played towards their area. Rummenig was starting to come more into things too. The Germans had another corner on the left. Again Bremer took it, this time towards the far post. It was headed back into the six-yard box, and Voller was fastest to react. He headed it into equalize. What a comeback. 2-2. It looked to be Argentina's match. West Germany hadn't looked threatening, yet here we were all square again. Three minutes later the ball was bouncing around the center circle. Maradona then played a beautiful through ball to put Burrachaga clear. He ran at the German goal and as Schumacher came out, he slotted it past him. 3-2. What an amazing end to the game. With just two minutes to go the place came alive again as we thought we were going to witness another stunning Maradona goal. It came from a counter-attack from Valdano on the left wing. He played it inside to Burrachaga, who knocked it back to Maradona and the Argentine captain burst through the defense. He was kicked just outside the area but kept going, then as Schumacher came out he went flying. The referee brought the play back for the first infringement. Maradona took the free kick and forced Schumacher to make a save, stretching to his left. The final whistle went and Argentina were crowned world champions for the second time in the last three tournaments. A quite remarkable second half, or to be exact, last 15 minutes. Argentina looked comfortable at 2-0 but the Germans somehow came back to level. Then Argentina went up the other end and restored their lead. Overall this World Cup was considered a success. There had been some great games, some attractive football from some world-class players. The return of the knockout format was an undoubted success and has been a feature ever since. On balance Argentina looked deserved winners. Many considered him a one-man team, but on reviewing this tournament again there's little doubt he was surrounded by some good players. They stopped other teams playing, squeezing the play and making sure everything was kept in the center where Maradona could do most damage. Maradona was the player of the tournament, but Burrachaga can't have been far behind him. England's Gary Lineker won the golden boot for his six goals. We hope you've enjoyed our look back at this tournament, to make up for the lack of a Summer World Cup this year. Watch this space as we may shine the spotlight on another tournament from days gone by. Please share this podcast with your fellow football-loving friends and family and don't forget to check out our shop where you can buy amazing, iconic framed artwork and high-quality t-shirts. Right now we have free shipping on all artwork orders. Simply head to footballbh.shop.
That's footballbh.shop. Also, don't forget to check out all the written content on the site over at footballbh.net. Today's podcast was written by Pete Spencer and narrated by Roger Tubor. We will be back soon with another short podcast for you to enjoy.